you're targeting interior designers, this episode is a great one for you to be listening to. Interior designers are constantly changing in their design techniques and the methods and what they're trying to accomplish for their clients. But as a building material manufacturer, you've got to stay ahead and stay alongside of those shifts that are happening to make sure that you can help them and be a part of the specification when it comes time to the sale. On today's episode, we bring on a manufacturer who has undergone a massive digital revamp to help improve their presence so they can stay current to be forefront and center with interior designers to help them grow their sales. It's an excellent episode and reminder for how to leverage digital if you're going after this audience. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we have a great show lined up for you today. We've got Nicole Panko, who's with Vetterstone on the show with us today, and she's going to be talking with us about their marketing, what they're doing, and how they've been able to make the leap to digital and how they're targeting different players in the channel. But before I go too far, Nicole, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So Nicole, for our listeners, why don't you share with everyone your unique background and how you got into this space and building products? Well, my background is actually in commercial interior design. I was doing that for the past 13 years, 13 plus years, and I loved it. But an opportunity came up to kind of switch gears. So I thought I would give it a try and change things up. So Nicole, I'm really excited to talk to you because your background is an interior designer. You know, when you were brought on board, were you asked to market to people like yourself or are you also targeting other players in the channel, like let's say architects? Yes. Part of what intrigued them about bringing me on board was my background in the architectural field and kind of switching gears and marketing to who I formerly was in addition to architects and other specifiers. But we also market to homeowners and contractors and masons as well. So everybody, everybody in the channel, you market to them. (laughs) Everybody has a need for some. (laughs) And are you targeting both residential and commercial projects? Yes, we do everything from just fireplace in a home to full-fledged commercial buildings, the entire exterior, interior. I mean, we do it all. So when you were brought on board, you know, you've mentioned you've been there a little bit over a year. Were you given the directive to say, hey, we've got to go digital? Or did you make that decision to say, hey, I know that we're trying to target all these different players. We've got to double down and focus on our online presence. Talk to me a little bit about that decision making and what went into you all overhauling everything online for Vetterstone. Well, the leadership knew that they were falling behind digitally and they really weren't doing any marketing. They didn't even have anybody in that position. Mm. So the stars kind of aligned and I was in the right place at the right time and we kind of struck up a conversation and they basically created the position for me based on my background. But they had been wanting to do a new website and they had kind of taken the first step and they had brought a brand agency on board to create the website and then they had kind of put the brakes on it and waited for me to hop on board and run with it. That's great. So talk to me a little bit about that process. You you know, obviously tackle the new website design. What are some of the things that you, in your website design discussions, you said, hey, we absolutely must have these things in order to be effective in marketing to interior designers? Well, one thing was just having everything available online. The past website was pretty bare bones, just 
a few pictures that were, you could tell, not professionally taken, and that was about it. So we knew we needed a sample request form, a form just to contact us with general questions, and we needed that gallery of, of the beauty shots, you know, that kind of captures your attention. We didn't even have, like, the history and who we are and here's how we operate and our specs and details and all that stuff, you know. So, so there was quite a bit of behind the scenes and a lot of gathering of information before that website went live. That's impressive. Yeah, you know, what I find interesting you know, when it comes to website design, this is just a comment, like, cause we do quite a bit of web design and development for, you know, building product manufacturers is, is that oftentimes it uncovers areas where you haven't thought about from a content standpoint, or you said, oh, well, now we need to collect all of our specs. We need to collect this content. We need to have this history, as you mentioned about your business. Was that a pretty challenging thing to collect all of that? And were you also looking at that through the lens of an interior designer saying, no, I know interior designer would want this information presented in this way. Like, were you advocating for them in this process? Was there any kind of rub or was it, you know, across the board? Yes. Let's take Nicole's directive here. No, absolutely. As a specifier, I have used many other manufacturers' websites from like carpet, tile, even paint. I mean, everybody had everything available at your fingertips. You know, it's way easier to go onto a website, click on the colored samples that you want to order, and they magically show up at your desk. Um, it's the dream, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, I knew what the end user wanted and the easier we could make their life and the more information we could have at their fingertips, the better off we were going to be. I'm curious to know, like when you were actually practicing, you know, architecture and design, were there manufacturers that you would stay away from because frankly, their online presence was too difficult to use. Like I'm not asking you name names. You don't need to name anybody, but like, <laughs> I'd be curious to know, like if you found a product and you thought, wow, that might be interesting, but it was really difficult from an online standpoint, did that ever influence or impact your decision-making around whether or not you would specify them? Yeah, unfortunately it did because things moved at such a fast pace and things were always due yesterday that if I couldn't get the information right now, I was going to move on to the next thing that could get me what I needed in that moment. So it was very important to have everything available on our website. And we're still working on it. To, I mean, we're constantly adding. We have a whole nother phase two of stuff that we don't want to add and it's in the works still. Can you share what some of those things are? Am I allowed to ask you that? Or is that like secret? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's secret, but like just having a whole careers page. Like mm -hmm. if people want to apply, because we're constantly looking for help in the plant and the quarry. So having positions listed on there. That's what I'm currently working on. Yeah. Even adding more spec information. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to be carrying even more colors that we're going to be distributing and getting that up and running and constantly adding photography. Mm -hmm. Project gallery could be so much larger than it is because we, we just, we have so many projects out there but we just haven't collected the photographs. So that's something that will constantly be growing as we complete projects. So as I was looking at your site, you actually, you've got a couple of different lead gen 
opportunities. You know, I think it's always important to think about what's the end action you want a user to take. So if it's interior designer, you know, you want them to obviously specify or choose your product, but you're also looking at what are the leading indicators that you can do to get them to that point. So you've got request a sample, for example, here on your site as well. Is that like one of the main things that you're measuring or what are some of the different metrics that you all measure to say, hey, our site is performing well, or these are the actions that we're trying to drive at that we know we're going to have a direct impact on our business? Yeah, that sample request form. And there's also a similar one that just contact us. Mm-hmm. Ever since we, we made that live, we've had quite a bit of traction from that. So all of those are generated and sent to me. And then I disperse them to the sales rep in that territory. And just even getting feedback from them. It's okay, when this came in, did that lead to an actual sale? And we've had a pretty good percentage with that. Like, yes, most of them you turn into jobs. So it's been a great way to track things. What were some of the challenges that you ran into, Nicole? You know, you came in and basically turned this thing on its head. Can you share with us a story or just a little bit of insight into what was the process like for you? Like what were some of the difficulties that you ran into? And the reason I'm asking is because there's a lot of different manufacturers who listen to the show and they're in different places in their digital journey. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, like what was that like for you and what are the challenges that you had to overcome to get where you are, where your marketing and your presence is being led from your, your online presence? Well, I guess one of the hardest things coming in, I, I would say as an outsider, is that Vetterstone has been such a small family-owned company that many of the employees have been there for a very long time. And they were very set in their ways of doing things. And I found out very quickly that there was an internal jargon and almost everything had two or three names. And coming in not knowing that was very difficult to turn all that into a website and to get people to just hone in on one name for each product, you know, and just kind of sorting through the years of different, like I said, names and patterns and jargon. So we kind of did a little bit of restructuring as far as product categories and even changed some of the names. Mm. We actually, I think we changed all of the names on the patterns. We did change a couple of the color names to simplify because and, and they did they did trust my instinct on that when we came in. I said, look, why are we doing this when this is the common sense version that people who don't know this world would kind of lean towards? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And now that you have the site up online, which I mean, that's a lot of people think like that's the finish line, like, oh, our site's up online, we're done. Like that's really just the beginning point because now you've actually got to drive customers, right? Right. What are you all doing from a digital marketing standpoint, a customer acquisition standpoint to drive awareness with the right audiences online? Well, right now we, we are working with a digital marketing firm and we're doing an online campaign and they are currently kind of controlling our social media and they're running ads and we're doing SEO and SEM and pay-per-click ads and All of that has been a whole new world for me, but I've definitely learned a lot through that process. And and every month we sit down with them and they tell us our results from that previous month. Like you grew this many followers, you had this many pay-per-clicks, you had so many people visit your website from a Google search. So they have a lot of analytics that they are able to present to us at the end of every month. So it's been really fun to see that grow. Are there any metrics or pieces of data that you all look at specifically? You're like, this is the big metric point that we want to look at that we measure our success on, or is it a number of different ones? 
Well, it's basically, you know, if any of those leads turn into sales, if they actually turn into jobs or specifications. So, and it's a little hard to track that directly without communicating with the sales rep yep. who is covering that job. So it's just a lot of communication and finding and remembering where things came from and following them all the way through. That's great. And so, you know, what I think you mentioned a minute ago, like you're doing social advertising. I'm really curious why social advertising, because a lot of people think, oh, well, like my audience isn't on social or like, I don't see the value and benefit of that. And my response is, man, if you're targeting the architectural design community, you absolutely 1% need to be on Instagram. You need to be on social media because that's where a lot of them do their inspiration, you know, research. That's where they're finding new products. Can you speak to a little bit of that, Nicole, like from your standpoint as an interior designer, as well as somebody who's now in the manufacturing space, like what you're seeing specifically on social? Yes. Well, like you mentioned, most of the designing, you know, people are online. They're looking for inspiration. They're looking for ideas. They're looking for something to spark their next project. You know, even if they see something now online and it gives them an idea, they may not have a project for it right then and there, but sometime in the near future, the opportunity may come up and they're like, oh yeah, I remember seeing this picture, you know, from Better Stone and that's exactly what I'm looking for. And it just kind of leads them to their next phase of design. Smart, right? I was actually looking or I was talking to another manufacturer recently and they were sharing about their social media presence and how Instagram has been like vital to them in growing connections with interior designers and architects because a lot of conversation actually happens within social media with these different audience types. Are you seeing any of that on your end as well? Like, are you seeing people actually engaging with you in conversation when you're posting on social media? Do you have any insight there or is it most of it happening once they reach the website? Maybe they've requested a sample or something like that. No, we do have a lot of people coming and actually it's been kind of fun because we've had several projects in New York City. Mm. And when I post about them, a lot of times I, you know, try to tag whoever the developer or architect was. And one time I actually had this architect out in New York comment back in a private message like, you know, we love Better Stone. We use it all the time. We've had it on so many projects. And this was a, an architect that we hadn't even had yet on our website. Oh, wow. And I went to their website and looked through their gallery. And that was like hitting the jackpot. They had our stone on so many projects featured on their website. So it was crazy, the, the domino effect there. So then I reached out to them and their photographer and purchased the rights to those images. And, and now we have them on our website. So it's a kind of a fun dialogue. That's really cool. I mean, that's one of those ones where you're, you almost get, you know, so excited. You want to respond to me like, Hey, can we please use those images of yours? If you don't mind, you know, cause they just have, you know, such a plethora. That's really cool. So I'd love to hear, you know, just to kind of wrap things up, Nicole, what advice would you give any manufacturer out there who's saying, hey, I, I want to improve my digital presence and interior designers and architects play a big role in that. What advice would you give them and, and even speak to maybe some of the misconceptions that manufacturers have about how to market to these different audiences? Well, I guess it's all about telling your story and building relationships. Nobody wants to be sold to. I mean, if you have a quality product with a really cool story, like I am fascinated by the story of our company, you know, like it's literally nature made, it's grown right in the earth. There's no two inches that are alike. Everything's so unique and has such a a cool history with every piece, you know, like telling that story and then 
showing them visually different ways it can be used, not only in the traditional sense that people think of stone, but, you know, it can also be very contemporary and you can totally play with the style and, and, and having those images because architects and designers are obviously very visual people and just the smallest little photo could spark an idea for them. So yeah, just building those relationships and having rapport and, and educating them. That's great. This has been awesome. And Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. If someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can go to our website. It's betterstone.com or they can email me directly. It's n.panko, P-A-N-K-O, at betterstone.com. That's great. Again, Nicole, thank you for coming on the show. And for our listeners, if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I am Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikola. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.